<laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? Well, well, I need it was asparagus. God. <laughs> wow. Hello and welcome to ClickTalk. Every week we'll be hearing from the people making it big in e-commerce. I'm your host, Jason Chappell. Today I'm joined by Jamie Hill, digital and e-commerce customer leader, formerly from Avis, Oak Furniture Land, and most recently on Zoom. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the pod. Thank you very much. It's my first one, so uh, be nice to me. <laughs> I'll be gentle, I promise. Yeah, I'll be all right. Right. It's fine. We're just going to have a conversation. Nobody's listening. Nobody's listening right now. You wait till it's published. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, let, let's um, let's start with um, with hearing a little bit about you, you know, and your and your background. We've we've mentioned a few of those brands that that you've been associated with. Uh, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah, um, marketing e-commerce not my plan. Um, it's kind of plan C, plan D, maybe. Um, but yeah, I kind of fell into it out of college. Just took some opportunities to get into it. Started off in kind of traditional print, you know, sponsorship the TV, radio, catalogue. Um, and then, yeah, as kind of digital was starting to take off, ducked into that because there was opportunities to do so. Um, and, yeah, just kind of picked up everything along along the way. And, and yeah, I've been lucky enough to work with some big brands like um, Avis, a uh, few, few others like Milk and Moore, um, Oak Furniture Land, which I was there for about three years, um, working on some of the augmented reality stuff as well, which is quite interesting oh that's pretty cool yeah yeah i mean the the kind of background work is pretty dull and laborious but the end product pretty exciting so um it's worth the effort but um yeah it was just really kind of helping people to work out is something actually going to fit in their house because you can't restrict the model and if it doesn't fit in your room then it doesn't fit in so you don't waste your time buying something that gets to the door and gets sent back so um, yeah, pretty good and, um, certainly increased, uh, conversion rates as well. So it was, you know, kind of 200% plus increase in conversion with people that actually interacted with it. So, um, yeah. Wow. That's, yeah. that's amazing. And, and I mean, just going in on that a little bit, how did you get switched on to that in the first place? Um, do you know what? I don't remember. I think maybe we just started chatting to a company, um, about some of the possibilities um and then yeah just decided to kind of uh um you know proof of concept did a couple of ranges um it was kind of in parallel with some work that we were doing on the unsafer pages anyway so it was a big project to revamp those um and because yeah because it went so well obviously we were able to track um you know clicks interactions that kind of thing um and and see what revenue was coming out the other end um we were obviously able to Prove the concept as it were, and get investment to to roll it out. So I think they're still they're still um, rolling out across newer ranges. Um, I pretty much completed the majority of both ranges than I know, um, and a handful of the cabinets. But um, yeah, it's really good. I mean, obviously you can um, because it, it's so lifelike. You can drop it in your house, see if it goes with your decor. Um, how does it fit with other bits of furniture you've got? Um, yeah, and just actually see whether it fits in your house, which is the big thing. You know, we had a, a lot of products and things that were because people hadn't measured 
not just the room that they wanted in, but actually the the you know the journey from their house to that room. Um, that it was helping out with with some of that really. So um, yeah, really really interesting. I mean, there's there's companies doing it much much better than we were. Like they're you know in the metaverse and having virtual stores, and you know you can add stuff you can't pay for it, and then it just gets delivered kind of things. So um, yeah, I think I think Nike were doing a not certainly not in the UK as I think it was. So they were doing some pretty cool stuff. Um, and um, the company that we were working with, they were doing things like with billboards on um, Times Square that you could, um, you know, scan in and get whatever the experience was. So, yeah. I've actually experienced one of those firsthand. Yeah. I was in I was in Times Square back in April of this year. Oh, um, it might be the company and, they were working with them, maybe. And, uh, and saw some of these things. I mean, some of the stuff that people are doing it is is amazing yeah but i mean you you touched there on on delivery and uh, and things like this and this is something i do want to talk to you about you know it in a bit more detail but uh, how does something like delivery work for you know for like an oak furniture land or somebody like that who they're delivering big products you know not like traditional sort of smaller cpg things that people can do via a courier or royal mail or u.s postal service or you know any of those any of those kind of services how does that work yeah so so oak actually had their own delivery network so you know we have a bunch of you know lorries and vans um and people that would would basically take it out so a lot of the time obviously it would be a two-person delivery um and yeah i mean some of it comes not quite shrink wrapped but you know thereabouts but mainly because um, it's heavy. It's heavy, and you don't want it to get damaged. It will come in quite significant packaging, um, which is difficult to get the sustainability piece around that. Because obviously, you know, you've got to have some um, polystyrene, which is not really recyclable. Of all the cardboard boxes are. Um, I mean, some of the furniture comes in pieces, mainly the modular space, but, but otherwise, that stuff is really, um, it does come as one piece. From a consumer perspective, how do people feel about paying for delivery? Because that, that that's quite a, a, a unique, you know, experience in the sense that we're all very conditioned to expect free delivery over a certain, you know, um, basket uh, amount and, and these sorts of things. But very often with, you know, furniture and uh, and those sorts of items, that doesn't exist and you still have to pay for delivery as a, as an additional. Yeah, it is a balancing act and something I don't think we quite got right at Oak, although we were edging closer to it. Um, I think it's Cotswold Co. actually, we were looking at what they were doing, which is it's free, but as you add extra things on, like next day or whatever, they do start to charge you for things. And I think the way they do it was quite nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's tricky. You know, we've got our own van and two people we have to pay their wages and you know pay for that van and the petrol and stuff so you can't unless you build the cost into the price of the goods and then you risk the customers not buying in the first place um yeah it is tough i mean obviously people are happy to pay for things like next day delivery if they want it in a rush but you're paying for the convenience of that so i get it but um yeah, it, it is a tough one. I mean, like I say, unless you build it into the cost of the goods, what are you going to do? You have to charge something, especially for you know big, expensive goods. 
Um, but getting it right is really tough. Delivery is a really difficult one because I think so many brands face this problem, right? They, whether they're selling, you know, a 10 pound item or a thousand pound item, you know, of varying size, cost of delivery is going up, um, you know, because we have fuel prices going up, we have inflation, we have interest going, you know, through the roof. Everything, everything is getting more and more expensive. But as a consumer, we still don't want to pay. Maybe we've been conditioned by like Amazon or whatever that we don't want to pay for delivery, but there's there's an intrinsic cost in there. Um so yeah, unless you unless you mark up the, the goods to absorb that cost, which a lot of people won't do because customers won't buy it if it's too expensive because there's plenty of retailers that will reduce that cost for you um yeah i think that's going to be a problem for for everybody for probably do you do you think maybe it's a it's a, an attitude change as consumers that we need to make yeah yeah i mean i just i mean everyone knows that the cost of everything's going up um you know so they're kind of sucking up the fact that food prices are going up you know whatever it is, your buying's going up, but they still don't want to pay the delivery. They still don't. People don't generally, unless you're working mean street, people don't think that there's a cost associated to it. But there is, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's not something that people kind of automatically think of. Um, so, yeah, I think it's probably been conditioned into us because we've had the privilege of free delivery in various things for so long. Um I guess it's just a fight to be to be considered by the customer and therefore hopefully get a sale from them really still. But I don't I'm not sure it's a something that's got a solution to it other than a cost. I think it's very difficult and I know, you know, ASOS changed their um you know, criteria for you to be able to buy certain items that you know they would restrict you to a certain number of items because now now we're now we're kind of stepping into that world of returns um which it you know in the fashion industry especially is a big big problem um you know with with people ordering multiple sizes because there's no standardized sizing you know across across anything um and i think generally it's quite difficult to to get your sizing correct. You know, even if you were going in store, you would you would maybe take a couple of items into a fitting room, um, you know, and, and try those on. And we want that convenience at home, but there's a huge cost implication for fashion brands in particular, you know, in this, how we're seeing the likes of H&M charging for returns and there's been big backlash over over these sorts of things um i know i know h&m did a bit of a u-turn although it was only going to be a charge for people who aren't members so again there's that if you sign up to be a member then you get it free so then they've also got your data and they can market to you more so there is a there is a payoff i mean i guess the the trickiest and and i've done it before like you said because there's no consistency in sizing if it's maybe a new brand that I've not tried on before, then I will buy multiple sizes. 
just to make sure that one of them fit. Um, but I'm not one of those people that, you know, wears it out and then returns it. Because I know Selfridges had a huge, huge problem with this at one point, um, particularly with their jeans, that people would wear them out, keep the tags on, and then a couple of days later, they'd bring them back worn and ask for a refund. No. And it got to the point where they were actually sniffing the jeans before they gave you a refund. And if they could smell that they'd been worn, they were like, no, sorry, can't do it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because they were having oh God. such a problem with it. And, and I mean, that, that, was, that was information that I was told at the checkout desk when I was returning a pair of jeans. Um, I don't know if it was public knowledge, and I probably dropped something in now. <laughs> but um, that it was it was quite a big problem for a while with some of the higher end things that people were wearing it with the tags tucked in or hidden away, and you know buying something for like a fancy event, and then they were sent, taking it back because you know like a three hundred pound dress is expensive pretty much for anybody unless you're you know really rich. Um, but they wanted that, you know, special feeling. So they were wearing it and then taking it back. How 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 do brands go about maybe tackling some of the outside of that problem? How, how do they go about tackling some of the issues around sizing and returns and those sorts of things? So sizing in general, I think it's gotta be a combined effort from the industry. I mean, the the last bit of info I saw said the patterns they they developed clothing from was like the 50s now people should change no one is the shape of someone in the 50s these days um you know everyone's much wider taller bigger whatever um so that in itself is, is something that needs to be addressed and that's going to take time um but there i mean uh one soon we used a tool called true fit which is pretty good and um i think they said there's about eight million active users in the uk so it's a reasonable amount it's actually much much bigger in the us because that's where the product was developed but you basically when you sign up you tell them like how old you are what height you are and what your weight is so they will be able to work out roughly what shape you are um and what your measurements are so that when you go on to retailers that use it they people like very group use it um obviously monthly um there's a couple of others that are quite well known. It will tell you what your most likely sizing is. So, you know, it will recognize, and obviously you do have to stay logged into the network, but as you go through the retailers, it will say to you, your ideal um, size is X. So you know that there's a good chance that that's going to fit instead of buying, you know, the size down, which is what you might normally buy. Um, you can you can be a bit more accurate. So I think for the people that are genuinely buying goods and not you know buying it to wear it and send it back, um, that that can really help. But it's the awareness and adoption of that tool. Um, and actually, um, we did prove that at, at Monsoon that the number of people that were returning items having used TrueFit did reduce. Um, and actually, conversions better as well. They kind of win win. Now, talking about jobs, Jamie, you've just finished up, um, you know, your your most recent engagement. You are out in the market, aren't you, looking for looking for your next role? So if there's anybody out there listening, Jamie, what is it you're looking for and where can people find you? Um, 
I'm looking for a home. I need a home. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm looking for something long-term. I mean, uh, obviously, Monsoon was just a contract. Um, and, I, and I have done that on and off over the years when circumstances have dictated. Uh, I have been lucky enough to work with some good brands doing that and um, some interesting projects. But yeah, I, I just want to want a home now. So, you know, instead of delivering a project and leaving and not being able to build on it, um, it's that opportunity to, you know, grow, grow the company, grow with the company. Um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, if anyone's interested give me a shout and I'm happy to chat but um yeah ideally I'm looking for a permanent role but I'm happy to happy to take on more contracts in the short term um and people can find you on LinkedIn can't they yeah yeah they can and you are spelling your name j-a-i-m-e yeah yeah Uh, apparently I'm coming close to the top of the searches right now which is good so you should find me fairly easily hopefully um but yeah yeah give me a shout perfect well look jamie it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today um thank you for joining me and um, i've got my fingers crossed that you find something very soon no it's great thanks thanks for inviting me on it's been fun